a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and a, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. And a Merry Christmas to all of our Table Talk Radio listeners. Oh, oh, oh. Hey. Merry Christmas. Oh, I thought I thought maybe uh, Lumpy was posing a Santa Claus there for a second. <laughs> oh, that was Joel Osteen posing as Lumpy, <laughs> posing as Santa Claus. <laughs> well, uh, we you have... probably missed the subtlety in the laugh. Yeah, I, we got I... a special in-studio guest, by the way, too. Yeah, you want to introduce Dad. your guest? <laughs> yeah, Dad's here, which means, by the way, that we're going to have one, uh, our listenership is cut in half, because he's going to hear it as we're recording it, so he probably won't listen to it later. So now we're down to what? That takes us down to seven listeners. Oh, this, no. This week, so. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't been listening anyway. His computer's broken. Oh, yeah, that's right. Computer's broken. <laughs> All right, in today's lineup, we're going to be, uh, uh, let's see, doing some buzzwords, email, and then we have a special guest on, on tap for... Today's broadcast, Professor John Plus. Uh, Taking his reputation in his hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you are putting your reputation in your hands uh, by playing Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymns. Or yeah, better, it's not really nearly as good a, big a risk as Professor Plus. <laughs> actually has a reputation and a good name. That's true. But then your CPH <laughs> book drops, uh, sales will drop significantly if you don't do well. So. <clears throat> Didn't they sell out already? Yes. I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this lately. I love, I love CPH. That's true. And uh, I, this was this was exciting when you came out to Oregon for my ordination. I had you sign mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my copy of your book that I got in the bargain bin for a dollar fifty. I didn't. I sign the dollar fifty sticker. Yeah, that's true. No, that's pretty good. Dollar <laughs> fifty. Right. Um, how about uh, we get into uh, some buzzwords? And my yeah, I'm ready. Theological buzzword for you is. Con- is Gloria in Excelsis. Hey, that's nice and Christmassy. Yes. Oh, I have to define it, it now? W- wasn't that the uh, buzzword from last week, though? Was it? Hmm. Let me look here. I got it. I, b- I blocked it out of my memory. No, last week. Let's see if I have the right one here. Um, what did we do last week? Did we play t- uh, Witch Ladder last week? I can't remember. Hmm. Oh, well, who cares? Uh, Gloria in Excelsis. Um, this is the uh, the hymn um, that we actually sing in the church uh, uh, in a, every Sunday, right? The the glory in Excelsis, but it comes from uh, the uh, uh, the angels that that. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where is this? Luke. Yeah, Luke to the shepherds as they watch their flocks yeah. by night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory to God in highest, peace to His people on earth. You looking for it there? Yes, I'm looking for the reference. Luke chapter one, would it be? Yeah. 
Okay, good. Yeah, Luke chapter one. Glory to Excelsius. That's your buzzword. Or maybe it could be Luke chapter two. Do we get to do we get to the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter two? Yeah, Luke chapter two is where the Christmas story is. Now, uh, this Luther says that the angels are the most excellent of theologians because they preach two things: God's glory and man's peace. Which you know, if you wanted just to divide uh, the um, if you want to talk about the purpose of the Book of Concord and our Lutheran doctrine, that would be it, to give God glory and to give us comfort. And and anything that takes away glory from God or comfort from us is a false doctrine. So, for example, the doctrine of original sin gives all glory to God and all comfort to us. The doctrine of that uh, God does all the work for our salvation gives all glory to God and all comfort to us, which leads to my buzzword, which is synergism. Have we had that one? Yes. Oh. Uh, synergism is the uh, idea that God works together with man to do to do the saving thing. So uh, you have all sorts of different forms of synergism: Pelagianism, semi-Pelagianism, hyperpelagianism, uh, reverse Pelagianism. I just learned about the other day. We have all these different where God and man are cooperating uh, towards salvation. Now the Bible says no, no, that salvation is actually singularly the work of God Himself. So that's monergism, divine monergism. Uh, the false doctrine on the other side is synergism. Uh, Luke 2.14, by the way, is where we get the glory in Excelsius. There you go. Yeah. Okay, uh, now uh, let's see what we have in the Table Talk Radio emails. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can always call our voicemail system, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Got an email there? All right. Uh yeah oh you want one I was just uh, I got a handful of them here let's see what do we want this one buzzword idea I do have a Facebook ha I do have Facebook and a lot of questions this is from Ross hello Table Talk Radio and uh, I was listening to your last show as I was driving past the church sign see below when several questions occurred to me first as you were talking about the petitions of the Lord's Prayer you mentioned that the fourth petition give us stay our daily bread encompassed all vocations outside the ministry. But I was wondering how this took luxury vocations into account, such as musicians, art, etc. I was trained as a musician, but in that vocation I am not meeting the needs of my listeners, nor am I contributing to the economy through the art. So how are these types of jobs included within this petition? Second, in reference to the second commandment, the Lutheran position is that this is a com- common, uh, is this is commonly in reference to right teaching. How did this reading come about? The majority positions seem to be that this is an actual usage of the name of our Lord, and in the Jewish tradition, that seems to be the way, uh, seems to be the same as they won't even speak the holy name. Finally, I drove by our local Methodist church and had the proudly displayed in their sign, "Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh... <laughs> that sounded like a real laugh. My LCMS church recently built a church sign too. It says, "I'm a sinner. I have a Savior." Just thought that these might be interesting to contrast. Looking forward to your response. In Christ, Ross from Pittsburgh. Thank All right, you, I Ross. will try and tackle the first one uh, for two reasons. Okay. Because the f- first reason, because I re- I remember asking this question when I was in college of my pastor, and uh, secondly, because I quit listening after that uh, <laughs> to the email that is. Um, okay, so the first one, uh, <laughs> the, the the question is, how do those in the entertainment business fit into this whole idea? Of the uh, 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 the vocation, because yes, we were yes. talking about vocation. The vocation is the mask of God, which which serves thy neighbor, and so yes. if one is then, or also you could also say your neighbor. I'm gonna say what say thy. It's kind of weird. You're so contemporary. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> 
Anyway, yes. um, keep going. Uh, I start so, interrupting thine words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's about time you straightened up. You probably yeah, say, yeah. Uh, "Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest." And uh, how's the rest of that? <laughs> Let these gifts. Yeah, Let yeah, thy you, gifts. You say thy. I say. You, you say these, don't you? I I say whatever. I'm praying or quoting something from. Oh, I might use thy, but not what I. What did you say? You said, how does this fo- uh, focus into the? How did you even say it? It was just in a normal sentence. <laughs> it's like you're suddenly Shakespeare. <laughs> We're suddenly not paying attention. One or the other. Okay, All right, keep going. Right, just, so just you ask your guy in uh, college. Uh, okay, so I asked about how does how does uh, vocation fit into those in the entertainment uh, uh, industry? And my pastor responded. He said uh, that uh, yes, that you are even serving your neighbor uh, for those who are in the entertainment because um, there is God does want you to have times of leisure. Now, of course, we can we can uh, abuse this leisure that the Lord gives us, just like you can abuse alcohol. You know that that the Lord uh, alcohol beer is a first article gift. It's a gift of our Lord to us. Uh, and we should not abuse it. So um, the Lord does want us to have times of leisure, um, and we should not abuse that. Uh, in, in other words, uh, spend all of our time, neglect our own neighbor. There you go. Uh, our own neighbor just uh, to, to take advantage of leisure. But, you know, there are times of leisure, and, and those in the entertainment industry uh, help us to that end. Yeah, and there's something even more too with art. I mean, it's there's something marvelous about art that 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 things that are beautiful and wonderful is part of what it means to be a human being. So we we can um we can confess that clearly. When I mean God God is not a utilitarian, and we just learn that from nature when we look around at the things that he's uh, that he's made. We see that there's a kind of a wonder and a beauty to this creation, and so that's all right. And so to bring to to use our creativity and to try to bring sort forth something that's wonderful and beautiful, this is certainly legitimate. Okay, I'm going to cut you off because you have a minute to respond to the rest of his email. Because next thing we've got okay. Professor Plus. In reference to Second Commandment, Lutheran position is that uh, this is about right teaching. How does this come about? Well, so God's name and God's word are bound up together. In fact, I, the illustration that I like to use is. Um, is if you just if you if you took the Bible and you put it in a dehydrator, you know, you sucked it out and you reduced it all down to one word. You know what word you'd have? The name of God, namely Jesus, the Lord saving His people from their sins. And then you rehydrate it, and it comes in all of its fullness. So God's name is God's word. So to honor His name is to have His word taught rightly. That's this is. And then finally, here we have the Methodist church sign, which you know all about this. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape. Um, This is like the bend but not break defense of the bears, which I like. Uh, But the problem is uh, the Methodist church, you know, with their whole logo is what open minds, open hearts, open. Everything's open Mm -hmm. over there. Problem is uh, the Lord has shut a few doors and we ought not to open those things that the Lord has shut and ignore his word. Very good. All right. So after this commercial break, we're going to be playing Answer the Question as with Professor John Pless, professor of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. We'll be joined right after this by Professor Pless. Someday somebody's going to ask you a question that you should say yes to once in your life. Maybe tonight I got a question for you. Two theologians for the price of none. 
Table Talk Radio will be right back. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are joined on the line by Professor John Pless. He's professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, professor of uh, pastoral ministry and missions. He's author of the book, among others, Handling the Word of Truth. Professor Pless, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Good to be with you, Pastor. All right. Here we are playing the game, Answer the Question As. Now, you are our special guest, our resident expert for this game, Answer the Question As, because... Uh, this is a dangerous game to play at home. So yeah, uh, this is uh this takes a fine a fine theologian. In fact, I think Professor Pless is the only person that is allowed to play this game in the world. <laughs> well, I think I can't believe though, by the way, that he's willing to take uh, his his fine reputation and put it on the line to be with us here on the radio. <laughs> I really appreciate that, Professor. Yeah, just That's wait. Very nice of just you. wait for well, the guys. Well, we'll see how this turns out. I don't know. Uh, we, just wait for the guys <laughs> over at uh, uh, over at Issues Etc. to take a soundbite of Professor Pless sounding like a modalist. Uh, <laughs> well, that's right. We do have a Christmas theme answer the question as today. So the questions are, uh, how did the birth of Jesus fulfill prophecy? What does the incarnation mean? What does Christmas have to do with salvation? How do you celebrate Christmas? What's your favorite Christmas song and why? And do the creeds rightly confess Christmas? And we'll, you'll be answering these questions as an Arian, uh, a modalist, a non-denominationalist, a Gnostic, an ELCA Lutheran, and an Orthodox Lutheran. Uh, so oh, those man. are the possibilities uh, available. That's quite a menu. <laughs> it sure is. No kidding. All right. Oh. I am rolling so, Evan, the... you're rolling the dice for the question, and I'm rolling the dice for the character, right? Correct. And I rolled a right. six. Do the creeds rightly confess Christmas? And I rolled a one. Answer the question as an Aryan. <laughs> Do the creeds rightly confess Christmas? Well, unfortunately, the Nicene Creed gets it wrong. Uh, the Nicene Creed uses uh, this language uh, that uh, speaks of Jesus as though Jesus were full-blast God. Uh, the Nicene Creed speaks of Jesus as only begotten Son of God, and um, we could kind of agree with that in that Jesus is unique, that he is the one who is uh, begotten of the Father. But, um, uh, but th then the Creed continues, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. That just goes over the top. Uh, Jesus was of like substance with the Father. Don't get me wrong here. We are not saying that Jesus is not divine. He is certainly divine. He is a divine man. Uh, he has uh, characteristics of deity that uh, go beyond what any other human being 
has ever possessed. Uh, that Jesus is absolutely and utterly unique, but he is not God in the sense of the Lord God that we read of in the Old Testament, uh, the one who is from all eternity. There was a time before he was begot when he was not, as one of our old Aryan hymns so aptly puts it. And so the creed really blunders here. Yeah, uh, uh, we got to be really clear that uh, the <laughs> Professor Plus is answering this question as an Aryan, which is a heresy. So this is, of course, not what he thinks or what any uh, Christian would say as well. But that was well, well done. You know, Professor Plus, we actually had uh, Evan and I had a little wager on the side because if you got the question, what's your favorite Christmas song and why, as an Aryan, I told him that you would be able to name an Aryan <laughs> hymn, and there, and there you are quoting one. That's fantastic. <laughs> It's not in our hymnal. Yeah. That one didn't get past doctrinal review. Not um, yet. <laughs> well, uh, that is kind of an ironic question, maybe for, for some of the listeners that don't know, the Nicene Creed was formulated intentionally against uh, the Aryan uh, controversy. So uh, the, the the question, do the reeds rightly confess Christmas, uh, for an Aryan to answer, I thought you did a, a good job, Professor Pless. Are you ready for another one? Okay. All right. Uh, I rolled here a five. What's your favorite Christmas song and why? And I also rolled a five as an ELCA Lutheran. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I suppose that depends on on what kind of ELCA Lutheran I would be at the moment. Um, the ELCAEist of the ELCAE. Well, I would have. I don't have my copy of ELW, uh, Evangelical Lutheran Worship here. Um, I kind of like some of the folksy Christmas hymns in um, with one voice uh, that are uh, cross-cultural and um, uh, a, a little more maybe uh, a, a poetic in talking about how. Uh, Jesus was uh, one who identified uh, with the down and outers and uh, came uh, on the margins of life uh, to uh, uh, show us how uh, to make God's love uh, manifest uh, to those in need. But, you know, after all, uh, hymns are great poetic expressions. And um, and so we would uh, uh, sing all the traditional uh, Christmas carols. We would not want to... Uh, uh, deprive uh, our people of these uh, wonderful treasures that we have uh, received over the years. But um, uh, we need to remember that uh, when we are dealing with hymnody, we are dealing um, not so much with doctrinal uh, truth as we are dealing with uh, poetic uh, truth, uh, that uh, uh, Christmas is a time uh, for childlike wonder, and uh, and imagination, and um, and so I would suggest that we uh, retain the classical uh, Christmas carols, especially the lovely uh, English uh, Christmas carols and American Christmas carols, like Once in David's Royal City, um, and uh, Away in a Manger, and Silent Night, and um, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, 
but uh, we 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 need to realize here that we are dealing uh, with uh, with a symbolic uh, language with uh, with high poetry, and and so we uh, best read uh, and understand uh, the Christmas carols in um, uh, in 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 the in and through maybe the lens of Friedrich Schleiermacher's uh, little dialogue on Christmas, uh, a Christmas Eve celebration, uh, that uh, these uh, these Christmas carols evoke from us uh, the highest uh, level of uh, of feeling and appreciation uh, for the wonder and uh, and mystery of uh, the love that is at uh, the very center of uh, the universe and is uh, expressed in the Christ event. All right, Professor Fuss, we just have a couple minutes for our commercial break. So instead of uh, uh, asking you another question, I might just follow up on what you said, and you can respond here as John Fuss. Um, but you mentioned Schleiermacher. How in two minutes would you summarize Schleiermacher's uh, theology, how it's affected the church? Well, uh, Schleiermacher uh, lived in the, um, um, uh, in the uh, late 18th, early 19th century, died 1834, I think, and um, saw himself as an apologist to the so-called cultured uh, despisers of uh, Christianity. Uh, he identified himself as a pietist of a higher order, that he saw Christianity as um, not uh, simply a matter of rational uh, belief or rational uh, thought, uh, but of, um, of uh, religious experience, of uh, um, uh, of, of, a, of a feeling of God consciousness, and uh, and Christmas uh, is uh, literally a making uh, concrete of this God consciousness, so that uh, uh, Christmas again uh, delights in uh, art and in music and in family gatherings, uh, as uh, as making us aware of uh, the presence of, of the divine in uh, ordinary human life. All right. Well, we are listening uh, to Professor John Pless playing the game, Qu- answer the question as, so far he's answered the questions, uh, do the creeds rightly confess Christmas as an Arian, and also what's your favorite Christmas song as an ELCA Lutheran? Oh, uh, so after this, we'll make, get some more of these questions in. How did the birth of Jesus fulfill prophecy? What is the incarn- or What does the incarnation mean? How does Chris- what does Christmas have to do with salvation? And how do you celebrate Christmas? And the uh, characters uh, remaining are a Methodist, a non-denominational, oh, no, sorry, <laughs> not a Methodist, <laughs> a modalist. I need to be careful how I see my end. A modalist, <laughs> a non-denominationalist, a Gnostic, and an Orthodox Lutheran. Uh, you're listening to Table Talk, Ray. You want to hear from you, give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, uh, or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.com. Dot org. After we twelve more after this break, twelve more minutes with Professor John Pless playing Answer the Question as, and then after that we'll be playing Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Christmas Hymns with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller as the Ooh. main contestant, and we'll see uh, how well he does. Ooh, boy, so are you ready for that, Pastor Wolfmiller? Nope. nope. <laughs> you better. Uh, have you gone caroling yet, there in Aurora? Yeah, we have gone caroling. Well, that'll help. That will help. All right, more Table Talk Radio after this commercial break. Don't go away. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Louisiana, fella to the promised land, Big John. Big John. Big John. Big John. 
Big Bad Big John. Bad John. Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Why do we never get an answer when we're knocking at the door? With a thousand million questions about hate and death. And Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Twelve more minutes with Professor John Pless uh, playing the game Answer the Question as... And, uh, yeah, this is pretty bad when hitting record is what stops the conversation <laughs> that we're having. Hey, I, I'm bound to the <laughs> clock of radio. That's all it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, rolling the dice Whoa. here. Number we're talking about who wants to date a, a pastor a hotline uh, in the break there. That that line's still open, isn't it? Or is the is the is the voice mailbox full on that line? It it, uh, <laughs> it got disconnected due to inactivity. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, uh, how, what does Christmas have to do with salvation? And I hit ooh, number five. I want to roll it again here. Uh, number uh, Also number three, a non-denominationalist. So what does Christmas have to do with salvation as a non-denominational Christian? At Christmas, uh, we celebrate the birthday of the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, who was born at Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. But if this Jesus, who was born at Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, is not born again within your heart, if you don't make your heart his manger bed, then what happened back at Bethlehem is of no avail. And so Christmas has everything uh, to do uh, with salvation. Because at Christmas, unlike the innkeeper back at Bethlehem, we unlatch the door and we allow Jesus to be born again into our hearts. For the Bible says, you must be born again. <laughs> I like the Texas accent. <laughs> that is classic. You must be born again. <laughs> Man, we should be giving Professor Pless points for this, by the oh, way. I yeah. think he's deserved 500 points for each of his answers. So, so that brings you to 1,500. 1,500 points. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's pretty great. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> well, should we throw, throw another one out? I, I think that yeah, one Yeah, yeah. Let's, go, no, let's keep going. All right. Roll again. Uh, oh, I got three again. I'll roll again. Uh, two. Uh, what does... The incarnation mean? Oh, as six, an Orthodox Lutheran. We should probably finish with that one. Oh, well, we can have it now. You want that now? Sure. What does the incarnation mean as an Orthodox Lutheran here? The incarnation means that the God who created the heavens and the earth, uh, the Lord whom the universe itself cannot contain, stoops down and takes on flesh and blood, from the body of the Virgin Mary and becomes man. Uh, that uh, it is not only that God dwells with us in some spiritual sense, but that he is, in every sense of the word, Emmanuel. That in him, that is, in this Jesus, the Son of Mary, the fullness of the Godhead dwells. And he comes 
into our flesh and into our blood uh, to be our brother, uh, to be made like us in every respect and yet without sin, that in his sinless body he might carry the burden of our sin, the condemnation of our guilt, the terror of our shame to the cross, and there he suffers and he dies as our substitute. So that uh, when we talk about incarnation, uh, we are not talking about God putting uh, something on display or simply creating an object lesson for his love, but this is the love of the Father which takes on flesh and blood in order uh, to die. That uh, Christ uh, becomes man that he might uh, bear the penalty of our sin, that he might win for us redemption. Uh, Martin Luther saw it all summed up in the little word testament. And Luther said in that word testament, uh, we have both incarnation and atonement. Uh, that testament, uh, the one who makes a testament, is uh, the one who is going to die. Uh, and through this last will and testament, he bequeaths his possessions, his property, to those he names as heirs. And so if God is going to make a testament, God has to die. And if God is to die, uh, he must take on uh, humanity. He must take on uh, flesh and blood. And that's what he does. Uh, so that we don't, uh, we don't see the incarnation uh, apart from the cross, uh, nor do we have the cross apart from the incarnation, uh, both together. Ah, oh, very good. That's, uh, that is uh, great to hear. Um, hey, I'm glad to be an Orthodox Lutheran. Yeah, that, that's refreshing. Um, and all that stuff that Professor Plush just said there, that's what I was thinking too, by the way. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to latch your name onto that too? Very good. <laughs> you know what I think? That my my favorite thing that Luther talks about is when you want to find the creation out of nothing. That's the creato ex nihilo. Uh, you know where Luther talks about is about that is when he um, he has Mary's song, the Magnificat, how, right. how Jesus uh, is created here out 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 of nothing, out of Mary, who's lowly and uh, and and empty, and now the Lord comes and uh, even fills her with Himself as He's incarnate in her. Uh, womb by the word of God. Really quite stunning, uh, his commentary mm-hmm. in the Magnificat. Yeah, that's a great piece in Luther. And in fact, in that commentary, he says that there are three miracles involved here. The first is the miracle of the virgin conceiving. But he says, for the God who created heaven and earth by his word, uh, the miracle of the virgin birth, uh, God can pull off with simply the uh, kind of the click of his little finger. Uh, not a big deal. A a little greater miracle, Luther says, is that uh, the God whom the heavens and the earth cannot contain uh, takes on flesh and blood in in the womb of the Virgin. But he says the greatest miracle in the the, uh, Annunciation account is uh, Mary believed and and how Mary conceived through the year. Uh, and, And so in that way, Mary becomes a model for every Christian. How do we carry Christ in our heart, through the year, by faith. And, um, and so uh, the preaching of Christmas is always to hand over the goods of Jesus, to uh, speak of, um, of the one who was born at Bethlehem as our brother and as our Savior, 
and we receive his redeeming work only by faith, that is, uh, trust in the promises that he makes us in the good news. Let's let's do one more roll here of the dice and see uh, see what we have next for Professor Pless. I rolled a one. How does the birth of Jesus fulfill prophecy? And I rolled a four as a Gnostic. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, that's a short answer. It doesn't. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Old Testament... Uh, the Old Testament writings um, uh, really uh, have nothing to do with uh, uh, with, with with Jesus. Uh, that the uh, the Old Testament writings um, uh, speak of uh, of the divine principle of uh, of God's uh, creative uh, uh, creative will and his uh, his love. And uh, and how uh, this uh, principle uh, invades uh, uh, the universe, and um, and 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 that uh, the prophets call for uh, for knowledge, and it's a, a knowledge of uh, justice and of righteousness and of uh, these uh, divine uh, uh, characteristics, and and so uh, we 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 don't go to the Old Testament uh, to look for a, a blueprint of. What is going to happen uh, with, uh, uh, with 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 Jesus? And uh, uh, Jesus is not God incarnate. Uh, why would God want to take on something as uh, as 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 earthly uh, as flesh? Uh, God is transcendent uh, to uh, to creation, and uh, in fact is in opposition to the flesh, which is. Uh, uh, which is decaying and and, and dying, uh, that uh, uh, we need to look beyond uh, the letters of, uh, of 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 scripture uh, to uh, the spiritual principles that uh, inhabit uh, uh, that inhabit uh, the universe. All right, thank you, uh, Professor Pless. Professor John Pless is a professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Ooh, man. Professor, do not do this at home, kids. Pastoral Ministry what. and Missions, and author of the book "Handling the Word of Truth: uh, God's Word in the Church Today." Thank you again, Professor Pless, for joining us for this edition of Table Talk Radio. Good to be with you, and I wish you and uh, Pastor Wolfmiller and your congregations and and your listening audience a most uh, uh, blessed and faith-filled Christmas as we uh, come again to uh, rejoice in the fact that God became man so that in him we might have forgiveness of sins and life and salvation. And to you as well. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio to play Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Christmas Hymns. Here we sit. We can do no other. <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to hey, Table Talk Radio. <laughs> this when the raid came. I know the words to that song. Down in the hollow. <laughs> Too bad we're not. Playing a new game. <laughs> That's sad when you know that song better than your Christmas hymns. Now you have True. to get these right. You have to. Yeah. Mm, I know. All right. I always almost know the hymns. I can't believe that Professor Pless, by the way. Yeah, I think he walked away with 2,500 Table Talk radio points. That's incredible. 
Would you mind taking those to him for me when you go to Fort Wayne? Yep, I got it. I'll okay. pack them up. All right. You might, oh, shoot. It's, I don't Can it's, you it's extra, an extra bag fees? Yeah. Oh, I'm flying southwest. So. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Bags fly free. You lucked out. <laughs> All right. So uh, the, the the way this game works is pretty self-explanatory. We we play a hymn, and in this case, a Christmas hymn. And uh, Pastor Wolfman, let's just try and... Uh, finish the stanza all by his by his little self over there and uh, and if he gets it he gets uh, up to what, twenty thousand points two hundred points for each round here now I um let's see the first one is like two words and the other two are just uh, a phrase so um, okay. they didn't necessarily get progressively harder but the first one is easier so are you ready for your first Christmas hymn ready enough. Reclineth. Shineth. Oh, reclineth was part of the first. I had the end of the first. Thy manger is my paradise at which my soul reclineth. I know that. That's a beautiful line. Mm -hmm. Then you went, kept going. (laughs) You wanted me to fall out after that. (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping I was going to have... At which my my soul reclined. That would be nice. This was even which the first stanza. This, this would have been the easiest one. Yeah. Uh, do you know who wrote it's this? The hymn that we're doing now for the rest of them? Ugh. No, 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 no. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, is this um? Is this a Gerhard hymn? It is. Gerhard right. Christmas hymn. That's what I'm guessing. Yes, Gerhard. Uh, he has yeah. two. At least maybe there's more than two. Uh, but two in, in our hymnal uh, for Christmas. The other one is "Come Your Hearts and Voices Raising." Is there another one? Let's do that one. Come your hearts and voices raising Christ. <laughs> just, let's just do the ones that I know. Let's we should do the first lines of each hymn. <laughs> I gave you the oh the first line. <laughs> gave you the first stanza. Uh, this is nice though. Do you want to talk about this? Uh, uh, let's see what yes. what today. Just, let's just talk about this phrase the whole rest of the time. We don't oh need Jesus to keep going Christ, this I manger just... is my paradise at which my soul reclineth. <laughs> For there, O Lord, doth lie the word made flesh for us herein, thy grace forth shineth. Oh, you know, the light enters the world and the darkness cannot comprehend it. So here in the darkness of the first Christmas Eve now, the light shines forth. And the light is Jesus, who's veiled in flesh. Just marvelous. So now that, you know, no one reclines in a manger. That's where you go to work. And yet here we say, look, Jesus is there. That's where my rest is going to be. Ha, <laughs> ha, it's that's just marvelous because here the the word made flesh that's again John chapter one in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God and then down to verse fourteen and the word became flesh and and dwelt among us Ta- uh, that's the the word tabernacle right the word tabernacled among us so here God is present in the flesh of Jesus uh, for our for our enlightenment and our salvation and, and to give us rest from all our labors beautiful beautiful you ready for another one. <laughs> It's, it's not the same yeah, hymn. I guess so. You. It's a different oh, one. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. Okay, here we go. Good. Oh, 
Oh, man. This is a doubly hard one. But first of all, because I can't understand the words. And second of all, because this is a, this is different words to the wah, tune that I know. Wah, for the... <laughs> so, all right. All right so read, read me the words and I'll... Bet. This flower whose fragrance tender with sweetness fills the air dispels with glorious splendor the darkness everywhere. True man, yet very God, from sin and death he saves us. Um, because on the devil he trod. <laughs> That's what it should be. Enlightens every load is what you were looking for. <laughs> Enlightens every load. That's the same thing. I said that I had this I had the gist of it. Is that Oh How a Rose Air Bloometh? Yes. And that's like the third stanza of it? Right. Good. Oh, if only you got not points easy. for guessing. This game which is not easy. Are... Hey, but at least you know the I bump wish, music. I wish... <laughs> I uh, we should switch games next time. I'll do answer the question as. Look at this one. Have Professor Pless finish the hymns. <laughs> hey, where do we go? <laughs> See, you should do the first lines of the hymns. I'd get them all. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you want to talk about this at all? I don't know about this hymn. Oh, how a rose air bloometh. It's apparently this famous old German hymn. It's not in TLH. I think it's in the new hymn. No, I don't know where it. I was looking for it the other day to sing it out of TLH. Three fifty nine out of Lutheran service book. All right, I'll pull it up here. Uh, it's an old German one, huh? Yeah. Um, we actually had a request for this hymn. In church, you mean, or enough. on the radio? In church, yeah. Okay. Theodore Baker wrote the first two stanzas. Wait a minute. He translated it. 16th century German, Friedrich L.C. Leiris, 18... Oh, look, they don't know where the first two stanzas came from. They just came from 16th century Germany. That's why I gave you the third This flower whose fragrance (laughs) tender with sweetness fills the air dispels with glorious splendor the darkness airware. True man, yet very God, from sin and death he saves us and lightens every load. Hmm, That's nice. So it has it has all these um where does this rose come from in the Bible? Someone asked me that the other day. This rose of Sharon, that's the Song of Solomon, isn't it? Rose of Sharon and the idea that dude, have been studying Song of Solomon lately or what? <laughs> Just wondered. Let me see here. I'm gonna look it up. Alright, let's do the next one. I gotta get something right. Alright, here we go. From sin and death to set me free. That you might share your joy with me. Oh man, I got it. I got it. No, you I didn't know. That was so close. <laughs> that was not the same thing. <laughs> but you might share your joy with me. It was really me. close. And what did you say? From sin and death to set me free. How can you share joy if you haven't been set free from sin and death? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Those are not the same words. It's a theological equivalent. <laughs> no, no points for you. No points for you. <laughs> oh, man, the point Nazi. <laughs> Please. 
That's what, I'm going to ask my dad over here listening right. in studio if it right. was the same. Appeal, appeal think, to the dad? judge. Yeah, yeah, he got, oh, I got the thumbs up. Chuck, come on. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about half credit? It. I'll give you half credit. All right, half credit. 100 Table Talk Radio points. That's okay. You still lose to John Pless. How can you win to him? <laughs> that's true. What hymn is that, by the way? Da, da, that's a Luther hymn, right? And yeah. they even had like people this. They had the, the old German instruments playing there, so it sounded really old. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, like the harpsichord instead of the piano or whatever in the background. From and heaven above to, to earth I come. Here's a few of the stanzas. How glad we'll be to find it so when the shepherds let us go to see what God has done for us in sending us his own dear son. Uh, this is the Luther hymn that he wrote for his kids to sing, and it has like 17,000 verses. Yeah, 15. Most of them have taken out of the English. How many do you have there in the English? Uh, 15 and LSB. I don't I don't have my TLH here, so I don't know. Yeah, they took a lot out then, you know, to get to 15. They, they edited quite a bit to get to 15 stanzas. It's a, You know, you think from heaven above to earth I came is going to be talking about Jesus, but it's talking about the angels. Who came nice. from heaven to, to proclaim the birth of Jesus, and and that song, that hymn works best with different people singing different parts. It's almost like a, it's almost like a children's program, uh, in the hymn itself. Righto. Uh, this song is my, of Solomon, this is my favorite chapter stanza. two, verse one. By the way, I'm the rose of Sharon. There it is. I wonder where else a rose comes up in the Bible. Instead of soft your, and silken stuff. <laughs> hey, you, you know what the angels sang when they came? They sang Gloria in Excelsis. Okay, another two points for using your your buzzword. What was mine? Um, <laughs> synergism. Synergism. That was a very hey. Uh, synergism. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Where the points are like singing Aryan hymns at Christmas. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free 1 800 385 SOLA. That's 1 800 385 SOLA. Or send us an email questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.